Alright, what's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of Rebunk. My name is Scott, coming at you live from Nashville, Tennessee, and I got another fantastic episode for you guys this evening. I'm really, really excited about this one. So uh, we're going to get into all kinds of stuff about navigating the crazy new world of like art, poetry, and uh, using our voices to push back on all the insanity that's happening. So I'm very excited. Our guest Kayla here, she's waiting patiently in the green room here. But just real quick, I just want to uh, take a moment to tell you guys how you can follow and support the show. So, of course, as always, just head over to rebunk.news. Make sure you sign up for the email list that we get like direct, uh, you know, notifications from me whenever I go live. It's pretty much all I'll ever send you is just uh, live stream notifications. At the top, you'll see all the different like affiliate options we have. Of course, Richard Grove's autonomy course, which we'll probably get into and discuss tonight because uh, there's definitely some overlap there. Um, TRS heavy metal detox spray. Uh, I got my bottle over there. I'm going through a regimen right now of a heavy metal detox, but, uh, it'd be good. It'd be smart to like spray some on the air and be like, Hey guys, check it out, but whatever. And then of course our, oh, and then we got the tip jar over at uh give, send, go, uh, give, send, go forward slash rebunked. And then the shirt shop got to give a big shout out to the people over at big frog t-shirts who help me get this awesome t-shirt shop out for you guys they do all the designs they run the website and all i have to do is tell you about it and uh so it's amanda ryan and the team over there they're just awesome uh it's a liberty center t-shirt shop in beaverton oregon so in the belly of the beast so you know getting a t-shirt helps support their work as well and they do shirts for like every other like tons of other freedom podcasts so they're and they're probably listening right now in the shop you know that's how they roll so you got the censorship kills you got uh Organized crime. That's a new design Ryan put out there. Of course, the Fauci gave us all AIDS again, or you can get the original Fauci gave us all AIDS shirt, right? That's how you can really get them going. Climate change is hot. That 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 triggers people too. The climate change is hot shirt. Like I've I've heard people uh get some pushback on that one. And then of course everyone's favorite, the Beavis Are You Threatening Me shirt. Come on. How cool is that? All right, guys. Um, so yeah, just uh yeah, rebunk.news for all that good stuff. So oh rebunk.news forward slash shirts for the t-shirt shop. So all right, guys. So without further ado, I'm gonna bring in my guest here, uh Kayla Henry. Kayla, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh thanks for Stephanie from Autonomy for putting us in touch. Um, yeah. she uh was actually I hadn't been familiar with your work prior to, but then uh, after she made the introduction, I went and looked at your page and your poetry and all your work. And I'm like, okay, this is fantastic. And I've listened to a couple of interviews and um, just amazing stuff. So I can't wait to get into this stuff for you with you. So, well, I guess, first of all, I would just be very curious to know kind of like what your journey has been like as an artist, or just maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself before we get into the whole shebang here. Yeah, sure. Well, I, I'm just an overall creative. I've always written poetry. I do uh, songwriting. I'm a singer as well. I trained in theater. I do voice acting. And um, yeah, my my journey has shifted a lot since, well, within the last three years. Mm. I've always been very focused, driven on the whole uh, Hollywood mindset. Got to be a big star and want to get onto the big Hollywood movies and CBC and TV shows and all that. And uh, the the dream has shifted since as I become a little bit more aware of the reality of my surroundings and that particular industry. Mm. So I started kind of uh, following my own path towards art in a in a healthier way and doing it for myself recently. That's amazing. And yeah, we'll definitely talk about the the post-COVID phase of that for sure. You know, mm -hmm. I, I uh, just hearing your story already from what I do know, like I've, I feel like I've had a similar similar path as well. Like, I, you know, I'm a musician, like I write a lot too. And it's just like everything just kind of shifted in one direction in response to, uh, you know, the post lockdown era. So yeah. it's, it's been it's been a crazy journey. That's for sure. You know, and uh, so but but, you know, it's really crazy, too, is just the um, it really was for me in particular, it was like a really strong uh, pretty much all the stuff that I thought was important maybe before kind of like realized that it wasn't that important and just kind of fell away, you know, like for you, like the Hollywood thing, like, it's like, okay, yeah. So this is, this is where my goal, this is my goal. This is where I want to go. This is what I want to achieve. But then it's like the veil being lifted and, and look and but it's so true. It's so crazy because like, it's all in the resonance of truth because like Hollywood has always been, you know, 
you know, the degeneracy and all the, the stuff. And now it just came to the surface and look at what happened. Like there is no Hollywood anymore. As far as I know, like, I don't know. I don't even think there is. So yeah. how has that been for you? Just like the, the veil being lifted. It really started lifting about, let's say three years ago. Mm-hmm. And when I wanted to be an actor since I was a little kid. I was always in school plays. So my entire personality and mindset was focus driven since I was really little towards being an actor and being the greatest out there. And so when that idea started to crumble around me about how Hollywood really is and how how contrary it is to well just what my values are it was it was a pretty shattering feeling because i had dedicated so much time i know i'm still young but i de- dedicated so much of my my development to focusing on that particular field of art and that particular community in the art sense and the creative sense that I, I kind of lost a lot of hope. I didn't know if I wanted to continue with acting. I didn't know where to put my creative energy because all of a sudden I had nowhere to go. Even the people I hung out with seemed to be, you know, not super receptive to different ways of thinking. And it just, yeah, it was a really crumbling feeling. It was very uh, isolating. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely. So on that point, did you have the experience of, you know, okay, yeah, we might've lost some relationships, some relationships might've gotten strained, but then was there also like an influx of new people that showed up in your life? Like people that were more aligned with your values? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. I went to the, um, trucker convoy in mm. Ottawa and I had, posted about it on my on my Instagram on my socials saying things like you know see for yourself check it out and i had a, an agent at the time who was setting up contracts and auditions for me and i got a very cold email saying basically we're done um find find someone else who shares your values uh peace out and I had been working with this particular agency for quite some time. Whoa, and I was like, funny. so we're just ending this over email. Yikes. Wow, that's crazy. How did they find out? It just, they just I, I mean, they, they saw a couple Instagram posts. They must oh, have seen. Uh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, they, they made that association that. Okay, since I was at this this freedom convoy, that I was all of a sudden a racist white supremacist or something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, do you, do you guys get called Trump supporters up there, even in Canada? Like, is that a thing? Like, are you must be a Trump supporter? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, that's a that's a good question. I think yes. I think just because <laughs> we're we're associated with this like very right wing Americanized mindset. Yeah, I mean, it's so hilarious. I mean, just. The, the power of the propaganda and the indoctrination and the fact that these people can't see past, you know, the propaganda that it's like, it's like, Oh, I, I go to a freedom rally. I must be a Trump supporter. And over here and here, here in the United yeah. States, like, that's the most toxic thing you'd be associated with, which is, yeah. I would argue part of the plan, right? I don't know. I'm not, no, I'm no Trump guy. You know, I'm not, <laughs> but, uh, but at the same time, it's like, you can see the agenda clearly in, in, in the fact that like, it only goes so it's like the binary, you know, it's like, you're either, uh, for all the totalitarianism or your an evil white friend. It's just like, it just gets, yeah, it's really old, you know, there's no in between. No, there's no individuality. It's just, you're no. either associated with one group or the other, whether you're yeah. Canadian or American. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And well, you know, your work does a lot to kind of like shed light on that really, you know, mm-hmm. I, I would say, you know, and uh, so you had this uh, poem Parhesia that, what would you say? Go went viral, became really popular. Uh, yeah. what, what, tell us, tell us about this process. Tell us about how that came to be. Like, tell us about the writing of it first of all, because that's really interesting. Okay, so Parhesia I wrote in the span of about maybe half an hour. 
See, that's so crazy. I really like, I love that because I've had that same experience where it's like, you know, I've written, I write songs and then one of my most ones that I love the most, it like literally I sat up in bed and it just like downloaded in my head. And I like in the middle of the night, like wrote it down, just bam, that was it. I just love yeah. that feeling. That's so powerful. That's, and when people, cause we're going to play it for you guys. So when you hear it, just keep that in mind that it was like almost like a download. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a lot of pent up energy with regards to, well, my, my whole worldview kind of crumbling. And I had been, I, I guess I'd been complying with all the, the mask related things going out to the grocery stores and stuff. And I was getting really frustrated. So I told myself, Hey, I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to do all my errands today without a mask. And it just at least see how it goes. Just get a feel of how people are being treated and understand like what what's really going on and how people are reacting. So I went to three different places, got went went to one place, had no problem at all without a mask. And then the next two, I went to a pharmacy and a grocery store and it was absolute hell on earth. Wow. And I'm not a very confrontational person. So I was just an emotional wreck after. I got home and basically spilled all my guts onto mm. parhesia, basically onto, onto paper. That's amazing. You know, and, and that's powerful. I mean, that's really, really powerful. I, uh, you could feel it too. And, uh, I just really, well, what do you say? Should we just let the folks hear it? Let the folks yeah, hear it? sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure a lot of you maybe have come across this before, but let's, let's listen to it in Kayla's own words here. I, I let's just run the whole thing. I don't care. You good with that? Yep, no Let's problem. do it. All right, guys, I'll see you on the other side. It's been like this forever. This isn't a change of weather. Freedom's hanging by a thread here while we binge Netflix and TikTok. Now I'm not here to judge you. I know we're all scared and tired, and we've been so hardwired, media fueled the wrong fires. We're depressed, we're dying while billionaires are crying of laughter. While we're just running faster away from reality, well, why wouldn't we? They've got guns and we've got family. This isn't conspiracy theories have been brought to light throughout history. We're in a cave thinking we're free, won't go to the light, it's easier not to see. Can we go back to dictionaries when definitions were clear? Words manipulated we didn't know existed? Let teachers fix it so parents can be distant? Mess with child development? Just leave it to the government. Let them draw our paths, because we gave them the pencil. We can still erase this. If we face it, us against the faces that convince us drugs will solve our problems while they profit from our consumption. Stop listening to stars and politicians and begin using intuition, discerning fact from fiction. Stop paying into our addiction of listening to a system that's turning us to victims of our lack of wisdom. If you don't see it now, it's okay to be confused. But don't throw rocks at those who do. Take a step back and you'll see who is piloting this ruse. A bunch of individuals profiting from your residuals, putting our money into propaganda and riot police instead of into our failing healthcare system. They've always done this. Tell us they need our money to fix the roads while they ride private jets and fancy boats. No wonder we can't stay afloat. We're right where they want us, distanced, and thoughtless, avoiding each other so we can't discuss what's wrong with this picture. Instead, we discuss our feelings, caps lock on, with words vomiting out of our thumbs, without knowledge of real arguing. Why can't ideas be shared without ruining friendships and careers? Just because someone got offended, never learned emotional intelligence? Your feelings have no relevance in the crusade for truth. If they gave any credit to the people, we wouldn't have censored information. We get just one side on every station pushing separation amongst each other. So we're too busy judging mothers who wonder why their kids are being smothered. Masks in gym class. Call out the other when he pulls down his mask. How do they even learn in class? Ads selling problems, not solutions. Our institutions told us following was the solution. Because if you think for yourself, you'll go nowhere with an F. But I can tell you, the people who came out independent were the ones who were observant. I had to unlearn to become present, and I'm still working on it. But I make decisions for myself. This isn't about health. If it were, they'd tell us, get your vitamins, go for walks whenever you can. 
do sports, eat well, have interactions, real human connections, raise your kids with healthy immune systems. Instead, they punish insurrections that fight for freedom from the infectious disease that is control. They swallow us whole. Keep us indoors, special treatment for big box stores, give us fines when we're unsure what martial law is in place today. Give us checks to stay on our good side, keep us lost and afraid because we can't afford a rising mortgage or rent because we lost our pay. It was never going to be just a few days. Amazing. Feels Fair like enough. eons ago. I bet. I bet. I bet. You can you can feel like just in the your presentation, like you can tell like that was how how long after you wrote it did you film that? I probably like a week, something like that. Okay. So it was still I, raw. Uh, yeah. I well because because of my acting background and especially poetry is very easy to memorize. Yeah. And it was so deep rooted within me that I've never memorized something so quickly in my life, you know, and then I decided, all right, let's, let's just videotape this. Let's see what we can do. And I did two takes and I took the first one cause it was just the most authentic. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, yeah. Well, congratulations. That really, really is powerful. And you know, I want to also just take a moment. We're going to get into some more of this stuff, you guys, but if you just, there's a link in the description, but also if you just check out uh, Kayla Henry you can see all of her uh, amazing work on there. And of course, she's got a new poetry book coming out here very soon on June 1st. So like about a week. So we'll talk more about that. But um, you can find that video or a link to her uh, YouTube channel where you'll find that video, uh, other interviews and stuff. So KaylaHenryOnline.com. Make sure you go check it out. Um, but yeah, okay. So, so what was your first kind of clue that things just weren't right with the world like post lockdown like what how, what was your journey like like once all that started unfolding i was uh i've always been a bit skeptical of the medical system just in the sense that i wasn't even taking tylenol for a headache you know for example i'm just not not interested in that i i knew there was always something a little bit fishy about all this drug pushing and um, I, I know it's pretty bad in the States as well, but, uh, being from Canada, everyone thinks our, our healthcare system, oh, it's free. It's, it's fantastic. It's not free. First of all, we're paying with it, paying for it through our taxes. And when you need actual help, like good luck. Most people, when they're in a desperate situation, go to private and have to pay even more on top of our taxes to get any kind of good service. So that I already was aware of. But then as soon as I start seeing all this vaccine pushing and as an actor, too, I see casting calls come my way for participating in this propaganda. Whoa, really? What was that like? Let's just pause there for a second. Like, what, what, what was what was some of that? Uh, what were what were you seeing on that end? So I, I was getting like um, casting calls for voice commercials for the government of Quebec, like oh, wear your wear your mask, protect others Whoa. around you, all that stuff. And I'm like, mm, this is interesting. Like all the other advertisements, so like you're if you're selling fast food, you know, it it still feels fishy. Yeah, but this. This is like, okay, they are really, they are really pushing this. And wow. I just, I kept refusing these types of auditions even. I'm not even going to do the audition. I don't want to get paid. I don't want money from the government coming to me to push propaganda. Good for you. So that, I just, I just think like, like I, I could sniff the, I, I could smell it. I could smell something was up. When you're starting to get so much content coming your way that's pushing one particular narrative, there's got to be something up. And then, obviously, I I was pretty freaked out about what was going on. Oh, well, there's this big disease coming. You got to wash your groceries. And yes, I I was the wacko who was you know scrubbing her apples and 
containers and everything. And, mm. and then I realized, well, I'm acting so neurotic. What is wrong with me? And why do I feel this way? Mm -hmm. And I realized, well, it's because that's all I've been hearing on the news, on the radio, through the casting calls. It just, it, it never ended. And when, when a message like that is being pushed so, so hard, there's got to be something up. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about that. And so, so when, when was, uh, so did you start writing other poetry around the idea of like maybe freedom or lockdowns or anything like that? Or was this Parhesia piece, uh, kind of your, your first venture into that? Parhesia came first. Yeah. And then once I was able to share that and I realized how, how many people were actually on the same page, mm -hmm. it was really inspiring and it kind of fueled more, more poetry to the point where I self-published my first book, um, yeah. Rhymes to Rhetoric. And uh, yeah, so I was just constantly writing so much, so much poetry because I, I finally had given myself the the liberty, the freedom to just express myself. That's awesome. That's awesome. And then like a freedom comes from that too. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, so, uh, speaking of that, like, like for me, like it's found, I found like, you know, when I stand on my principles, when I stand on my values, when I stand on truth and I'm just like, I just put it out there, you know, it, it, it scares off all the wrong people and it attracts the right type of people. And it kind of emboldens me to kind of like keep going with it. You know, I'm, I feel like it's kind of built up like this armor where it's like, you know, whatever, say what you want, do what you want, mm -hmm. censor me here. I'll go over there. Like, it's just like, it's built like this level of resilience. Have you felt that at all? Mm -hmm. A level of resilience? integrity like, yeah. is magnetic yeah absolutely yeah and uh i think once i posted parhesia i was like well it's out there now mm -hmm. uh, i'm part of that i'm part of that crazy conspiracy theory group and and so then i guess since my cards were kind of laid out on the table i i felt like then it was okay to continue interacting in that way and yeah, I found people who I knew mm -hmm. and people who I didn't knew. No, sorry. <laughs> started coming out of the woodwork being like, hey, really liked your really liked your poem. <laughs> like, yeah, it was very odd. much on the down low. But at the same time, people people felt the need to connect at that especially at that particular time was everyone who was thinking maybe the same way I was thinking. Uh, we're all feeling very isolated. So, okay, someone, someone posts a poem like that. Then finally you're like, oh, well, maybe I can reach out to this person. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of this work does serve as like a, like a lighthouse for those who may be out yeah. there. And that's one of the things I talk about a lot is just the value of community. Like, like we can withstand whatever's to come if we like form these, like, whether it's online communities or like local in-person communities, like that's the most important thing. And uh, I was out in Oregon during most of it, which was, you know, a very heavily locked down, crazy, crazy state, you know, just South of Portland, about two hours South of Portland. And uh, yeah, man, if it wasn't for like the, the ability to meet other people in real life, um, like through, through the podcast, I met a lot of people, but there was like freedomcells.org is another good, like, you know, avenue to meet people, you know, it was like, if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't, Maybe you wouldn't even be today. Who knows? You know, like it was just like yeah. a very, it was a very dark time. That's for sure. Out in Oregon to the point where I left, I'm like, I'm out of here. I'm going to Tennessee hmm. where there's just guns everywhere. There's even like, I drive by a bank of like Confederate flags every day. I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you know? It's hilarious. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah <laughs> like, like the man, like, do they know in Oregon that they still have Confederate flags? Like that's, they probably lose their mind, but yeah. So anyway, but, uh, the value of community is just so important. Just, uh, you know, when, when we put out our art and we put ourselves out there and then, you know, there's a level of vulnerability, but it's like also the reward of what we bring back in of just in terms of just, uh, the people that come into our lives, it's just been really powerful. So I definitely, definitely, definitely hear you on that. Um, yeah. on your side, I see you say that, uh, it says your, it says my focus with poetry is to pull readers, listeners out of the pessimistic mindset by offering a perspective shift towards a more positive value driven life. So what, what, what do you, uh, what do you mean by the positive value driven life and what kind of values do you think the world is lacking these days? 
I know it's a silly question, but like, I want to hear your answer, you know? Yeah. So values were lacking. I, <laughs> I think just it, as a general rule, we're, we're not thinking for ourselves. We're letting other people dictate whatever's on repeat is what we consume and what we spew back out. Mm -hmm. So that also falls into the category of, of critical thinking and not being able to discern, well, like I said in the poem, discern fact from fiction. We just latch on to whatever uh, gives us some sort of emotional tingle and that becomes our our belief. We, we latch on to emotions. So we don't have a lot of emotional intelligence in the sense that we're acting on our emotions before we even process them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So not outsourcing our thinking too. So that like yeah. not letting other people make our decisions for us or the old appeal to authority where it's like, mm -hmm. well, if the guy in the white lab coat said it, then it must be true. You know, not even looking a layer deeper to see, well, maybe he's influenced or she is influenced by something uh, a little more than the truth, you know? So yeah, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. So value driven people find your values and like, just be un wavering in it. And I feel like there's so much strength in that. There's so much strength. Like I've had, I've sacrificed a lot. I've lost two jobs over just, you know, sticking to my values. And now I, you know, I, I run my own handyman business and I get to podcast and do other things on the side. And mm -hmm. It's like, I was still trapped in that office doing those jobs that I got fired with for not taking the shot. Like, Oh my God, what a nightmare. So it's like, and I see it and I hear it over and over and over in people's lives where it's like, yeah, it was very scary. And I had to sacrifice things at, at first, but then my life today, it's like when you stick to your values, you stick to your principles, you stick to your, what you know is right without fear, because it's going to be scary. There will be consequences, like the consequences come and it can be scary, but just stick to it yeah. and you will be delivered to something amazing. So, and the positive aspect about that is when you're so rooted in values, mm -hmm. decisions, large decisions that come into your life aren't so, aren't so scary, aren't so threatening people yeah. panic when it's time to make a big decision but it gets easier the more you make decisions based on those values and that even strengthens those values further because you begin to trust yourself even more in the way you're able to act with integrity and generally if you're acting on your values you're not going to be disappointed Exactly. The rest of the world might be, they might take look at you and be like, eh, I don't know about this guy. And then that's where those consequences come from. If you get fired mm -hmm. from your agent or you get fired from a job, you know, so there's maybe consequences in standing to your values, but then now, now you've been delivered to something way better, you know, like, and I yeah. feel like, like you you're like publishing your work and it's just like, that's so phenomenal. That's so cool. Um, so, uh, it's funny on my little notepad here on my MacBook, it says, that the word parhesia, it's got a little red squiggly underline as if it's a misspelled word and it's not mm -hmm. misspelled. So it doesn't even recognize the word parhesia. When I right click on it, it says, did you mean parcheesy? That's, oh, what, it wants to yeah, that's what it says. That's what it says. So it literally doesn't even recognize it as a word. So I, I maybe put the cart in front of the horse here, but what does parhesia mean or mean? What does it mean to you? To speak freely and openly. That's as simple as I can put it is. Yeah just to, to speak your mind and not censor yourself. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, well, there's a lot of that too. And it's tough, like navigating this world, you know, I, all the platforms I'm on, I don't get censored on. I don't even mess with YouTube. Um, mm -hmm. Like I just don't even bother. I, I've played the YouTube game for a very long time doing the old podcasting thing. And I just got so burnt out with like, uh, what is it like appealing strikes and all this stuff and mm -hmm. like shadow ban. I'm just like, you know what? I don't need this in my life. So I just completely exited out of that. But you know, there's a lot of people whose, you know, business depends on it and you have to self-censor. Yeah. You have to like mm -hmm. use coded language. And it's just, I just don't have the ability to do that. Like I just straight yeah. up go, go for it each time. And YouTube doesn't like that. And then I make fun of their moderators and then they get, they take that video down. You know what I mean, <laughs> it's just like, it, it's a whole thing. So, uh, but, but speaking your mind and speaking it powerfully, I mean, this is what we have to do in these days. Uh, so do you have anything that you would suggest people that would kind of like embolden them or any suggestions that you would have to anybody that's, you know, just going through a point in their life or maybe they're fearful around speaking out or speaking up or anything like that? 
Well, go through in your mind or or write it down as I usually do. Uh, mm. What what actually matters when you're on your deathbed? <laughs> what what will have mattered to you? What will have brought value to your life? Are you sitting on your deathbed alone? Did you create a community of people around you who are going to be there no matter what? Did you live by values or were you living someone else's life here in the entire time? I mean, our, our time here is a an absolute gift. Mm. And so much of it we just push away on and and spend on on mundane things. I write a lot in my poetry about time and we've got a certain amount of time. Well, what are we going to do with it? What what is our legacy going to be? And it's not necessarily about like leaving a, a piece of art behind and a, a statue where everyone when you're dead, they're going to remember who you were or you were and it's not about that necessarily it's really just being able to leave with peace mm. and understand that what you've done is the best you could do with the time you had and i can assure you that uh sharing articles and making angry posts on social media is not what you're going to remember when, <laughs> when it when everything comes down to the end like and so i think what helps me figure all that out is through poetry. I learn to, um, I learn to deal with my own emotions. So the power of poetry for me, when I'm just writing it is that I will let myself kind of do the, the word vomit thing, get all my emotions out on the table. And then I take the time to read it. You read it back and then you're doing self-reflection without even realizing it. It becomes an activity. And the more you read your own thoughts, the more you realize what's, what's driving those thoughts and becoming conscious and aware of the values that are driving those thoughts, the things that you are frustrated about mm -hmm. and how you're going to deal with that. Because we, we get so pent up and we never actually deal with the problems we're facing that either we we go and take it out on someone else or we continue on this single level path of just dissonance for years and years and years wow. that's not that's not yeah. a good use of your time no not at all like like what, what that's a great way to kind of just check in with what it is you're doing like well is this something that i mean we're not like seeking like fame and fortune but like is this like is this how we want to be remembered or is this something that would be noteworthy of being remembered by you know what i mean like that's a good filter to run things through is do i want to be known as the guy who does this or does that you know what i mean like that's uh that's uh oops i don't know what happened there oops there we go okay yeah so that's that's fantastic um I want to, I wanted to shift gears a little bit. I'm kind of curious because yeah. I've, I've heard you talk about how, uh, you're, we talked a little bit about this before the show, but like, uh, your background in like theater acting, performing. And, and I was just curious what, what's been your experience? Like just kind of being a performer, kind of like, in a in a woke, cause I don't know many people know, but like, it's kind of like the theater acting is pretty, it's kind of a woke scene. And even before there was the word woke, you know what I mean? Like there was like, yeah. it still had that now we have words to describe maybe what it is, but like what, what's been your experience, like kind of navigating that? Well, I, for a while I've realized that not every contract is worth my time. Mm -hmm. Not every audition is worth my time, especially it does, if it doesn't align with my values. What I love about acting is the ability to play. I love the uh, psychological aspect of, learning about people and what drives them. Uh, so that's that's always what's been kind of fun for me is bringing a character to life by thinking about their psychology and what what really what really fuels their actions. And so if I'm not interested in the particular character, well, you know, yeah. laissez-faire attitude. Uh, for me, right now, I'm doing mostly voice acting. 
Um, especially if I don't want to be my face to be associated with a particular message. Um, but yeah, so I, I'm just kind of navigating that slowly and learning how to say no mm -hmm. yeah, and totally. not be so attached to getting the next contract. I've got other things going on, you know, yeah. I, I can, I can write my poetry. I can create art. I can create music that isn't influenced by woke culture. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, like I was telling you, my uh, girlfriend's uh, improv performer, playwright, all this fun stuff. And there's a really, there's a pretty cool little uh, improv uh, club here in Nashville and it's uh third coast comedy. We, we, we like to go there. It's, you know, every couple weeks or so they do this one thing called, uh, it's called cherry bomb, which is a improv musical, which is just so crazy. And it blows my mind how like they, like they say like a word from the audience and it's like piccolo or something. And then they'll like, the lights will go off and then like a light will go on and there's like five or six of them on stage and they'll just start singing. There's a guy playing the keyboard live and, it's like they improvise this entire musical for like 30 minutes, like just completely off the cuff. Like I'm just like blown away every time. Like this is so amazing. But, yeah. you know, every now and then like the woke kind of just bubbles to this. They actually do a pretty good job. I have to give them credit. Like it's usually very non-political at all. But mm -hmm. every now and then it bubbles to the surface and it's like they just try to stick it in there like they're being funny. And I'm just like, oh, God, like it's like cringy. But uh, I and so now now we're talking like uh imagining a world like a parallel system because you know we're all about like building alternative parallel systems and all that stuff like imagining a world of like you know non-woke comedy like what would like a non-woke mm -hmm. comedy circuit be or non-woke theater type of uh environment be and so it's like definitely something on the back burner like one of my goals in life would be like mm -hmm. to open a comedy club and just like you know no woke comedy club.com or something like i don't know yeah. dude but like something like that so I mean, have in, in your colleagues, associates or anything like that, is there anybody that shares the same view? Like, do you, do you have any hope for the future of like the performing arts? I, I think it's just, it's a shame that creativity is being kind of shut down because we're so busy, like, especially in improv, mm -hmm. like you, you can't just let yourself go and say whatever and go with the flow because you're constantly thinking, okay, what's going to come out and how is the audience going to react mm. instead of just having the freedom to, to say, to say yes, the whole, the whole improv thing is say, say yes and keep going. Yeah. So if we're constantly pausing, it just halts creativity completely. But I think naturally as human beings, we're very creative. Most people are creative and there's always going to be a drive towards that. And that's why I think art has a lot of power in making change because as soon as art starts getting like too woke, audiences lose interest. We see it in box office uh, numbers. People are sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, now the, the, the time is ripe for something like that to emerge, you know? And so like with the work you do, whether it's like, voice act. So whenever I hear people talk about that sort of stuff, it's like, okay, here's a problem. Here's a, here's a, a shortcoming of some other institution or some other thing. And I'm just like, yeah. okay, well, what would it take for us to build something better? Like build something, build the alternative. Like now in so many different aspects, like yeah, I have other friends that are doing similar things in other fields where it's like, there's this huge need because everyone's gone insane. And you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. so now it's, that leaves a large wide open lane and almost you could argue just the alternative media in general is a byproduct of the fact that the mainstream media just is so awful that it yeah. just opens up the door for everybody else to be able to uh, rise up through that. So what would you ever like consider like starting your own talent agency or, or your own like voice acting service for like the, the, the good, you know what I mean? Like any thoughts? Yeah, on that? I, yeah. Honestly, I'm really not there yet. Yeah. I've been focusing so much on my my poetry and my writing, but I think that I think it would be fantastic. I yeah. I would love to participate in some sort of movement like that. Yeah. Um, but currently my life is a little bit I, I'm shifting my my goals a little bit recently and not necessarily uh my my interest in in theater and acting in general has kind of dulled down just because mm. of 
everything that's going on in the mainstream. So I'd like to re like find that spark again, but poetry is kind of taking the place of what was missing there. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'll yeah. give, I'll, I'll, I'll use this to just shout out uh, Stephanie from autonomy who put us in touch and just the autonomy program in general, like, you know, they, they have a really powerful way of like, you know, when, when, you, when we have ideas or visions or things like that, particularly around like, you know, I know you mentioned well before the, the, the interview about like doing a course, like that sort of stuff, like, like that's, they really do a great job of like harnessing those talents and giving you the kind yeah. of initiative and the resources to build something like that. So just shout out to autonomy you guys. There's a, you know, just, uh, if you don't know autonomy, get autonomy.info. They're fantastic people. Um, and yeah, shout out to Stephanie. I'm sure she's listening right now. So, uh, well, let's let's talk a little bit about your new book that's coming out. So, tell us about this. What's it called again? Well, here, let's yeah, just, let's just flash it shamelessly. Flash it. It's yeah. called "Effing the System." Nice. And it's a collection of poetry. It's a bigger collection than the first book. I think there's like 99 poems in there, and. Um, I formatted it in a particular way where it, there's eight sections and it's a, it's a progression. So we start kind of in a potentially pessimistic mindset saying, here are all the problems. The world sucks. The system is rigged. And then there's a slow progression about shifting perspectives, making uh, meaningful connections, and finally figuring out what matters to you and what you're going to do with your time now that now that you've thought about all the terrible things going on in the world well what do you do about it mm -hmm. and there's a lot that you can't do anything about so what are you going to do with your time what is going to fuel you to live a good life so that's what how i really wanted to to format this book is because we have a tendency to really get so closed off and almost immobile by our fears and our pessimism that at least if we have a good mix of realism and optimism that can fuel action so wow. that's what the book is about that's amazing so it's like a journey it starts starts yeah. with the problem then kind of dr drags you along into a solutionary maybe mindset right yeah yeah that's amazing and so uh, do you want to maybe preview a poem or two out of there? Do you have something? Yeah, sure. Yeah, let's do it. I'm sure someone out there will be interested. Yeah. <laughs> I post um, poems as well, like on my Instagram. I have a lot of people who enjoy my poetry that way. It's also sometimes I post uh, my poems on my website as well. Cool. But uh, I definitely don't post 99 all 99 poems yeah. on my Instagram. You got to get the book. Yeah. You got to keep them guessing, but you guys also, yeah. there's a link to that in the episode description too. It's on Instagram at the Kayla Henry. So go give her a follow. So let's say about midway through the book, there's a poem called emotion, which we've been talking about a mm -hmm. lot and how it's fueling people in the wrong ways. So the poem goes, she reminds me of my humanity, but tends to wander aimlessly. I hold her tight as I fear she might be a misleading friend. Okay. Oh. So that kind of gives the idea of, well, we're, we're so attached to our emotions as if there are, there are friends and it can be very misleading when we put too much trust in our emotions Mm -hmm. before we actually have the time and take the time to figure out why we're having those emotions or even what the emotions are. Like and I've what? done a lot of, a lot of work on that in my life. It's like, usually exactly. it's like good and bad. Like, you know, like yeah. I have good or bad. I just, Oh yeah. But come on, let's go a little bit deeper. Let's do a little bit deeper. Like, what is this? Is it discomfort? Is it, is it a resentment? Like, what is this? What is this actually happening right now? It's like, you know, we got to break it down further than just the good or bad. You know, I, yeah, it's crazy. And then like going into the conversation about like why these even these emotions even exist, you know, at a, at a fundamental level, like if you go back to like our ancestors, like there was actual survival mechanisms like fear, like fear today has been used against us. It's we're, we're just completely just 
like they recognize the power of the fear and they've weaponized it against us for power and control. But it's like, you know, and we, we all try to uh, alleviate fear or remove fear, but it's like fear is like a natural survival mechanism. Like it's good to be yeah. fearful. Cause then it's, it's like that, that tells you that there's something that you need to be aware of or protective of. And so it's like a lot of these, the inverse of a lot of the emotions are actually survival mechanisms that are built in, but it's like, the, like, I think people very much intentionally have lost touch with, what emotions even are, what they represent. And, and then a step further is even how to behave from them. Like, like don't let our, we can't let our emotions like dictate our behavior, especially in like instantaneous reactions, you know? And so like the emotional part is definitely going back to like part of what the world needs to heal. Maybe just collectively, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> learn to control it before it controls you yeah. or before someone else decides to control it for you. Yes. Use it as a, a method of, of control because yeah. yeah, emotions are so powerful and the, the powers that be are very much aware of that. Yeah. And they figured out all the, tr the tricks and the tips. The like, tricks. you know, I, we, we just, we just plugged Instagram, but it's like, they're the masters of utilizing yeah. like uh, our emotions for, profit and sales and all that stuff like it's, it's pretty yeah. wild stuff so that's awesome you got any more you want to share sure okay um i there's also um a chapter here that focuses a lot about uh, innocence and childhood mm. because so many of the issues we have are things that come from how we were raised and especially if we went through a school system that mm. taught us how to uh, bow down to authority. Our teachers know everything. And if you think for yourself, you'll go nowhere with an F to quote myself, you know? Yeah. So it's, it, it has a lot to do with what I've been going through and recognizing how being in the public school system really affected the way I, I interact and the way I present myself for other people. Yeah. And so I have a, a poem in the book called Beautiful Risks. And it goes, where are the children in the dirt and mud with cuts and bruises, the careful explorers, the unbiased detectives, the open hearts with fresh perspectives, imperviously playful, free from directives, those set to breach homogenous collectives. Whoa, that's great. Kind of brought me back a little bit. Like it's like, yeah. I, it was, uh, I can't remember who it was, but, um, well, it was, it was, I was listening to a podcast and he was talking about how, uh, some like, you know, younger person and today was made a social media post. It's like, why did you guys drink out of the hose when you were kids? Like, weren't you allowed, like, weren't you allowed to like drink out of the sink? And it's like, bro, we weren't allowed to go home. Like they, the parents kicked us out and said, you don't come home until the lights go down. Like we're, we're out there in the mud, in the forest, in the dirt, like playing all over the place. It's like, man, yeah. I was just that, like that world. I mean, to some, you know, I would love, you know, someday hopefully to be a parent and would love to cultivate that type of life for my kids. But man, yeah, it's, it's, we've definitely come a long way from that for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to collect bugs. Yeah. I used to collect bug carcasses and live bugs. I thought that was just the greatest thing. And I think it's a shame that there aren't enough kids walking around with pet worms in their hands anymore. Yep, exactly. <laughs> like, get outside, please. Exactly. Well, this this might be interesting to touch on. So I, I heard you talk about this also. Um, you know, it could be argued. I mean, clear evidence to suggest that like that is what the school system is there for to make us like obedient to authority and just to, to, to not be able to critically think and to think that like memorization and credit over critical thinking is, is the standard and what should be yeah. what we should strive for. But it sounds like even prior to COVID part of your awakening was kind of your awakening to the fact that you'd been let down by the public education system. Oh, you want to tell us about that for sure. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you one of the main um, factors in me figuring out, okay, some, something's wrong with the system mm -hmm. was the first time I had to do my taxes mm -hmm. by myself. Yeah. I was mortified. Everyone goes out and they, they get their accountant. Oh, the accountant will take care of it. I I'm the curious type of person. I'm like, I, I want to know what this is all about. I'm going to do it myself. I'm going to save a couple hundred bucks and I'm going to figure out how to do it myself. And meanwhile, I'm doing my taxes and I, 
I'm crazy. Like I, I'm having a, an emotional breakdown because I'm thinking, why is there so much stress put on doing your taxes properly? You're going to get audited if you don't do it properly. Someone's going to knock at your door if you don't. And nobody, nobody taught me how to do this properly in school. No. Nobody. No. And it happens every year. Tax season comes around. Everyone's panicking. Do your taxes. Make sure they're done right. And, and I'm just sitting there thinking, why in the heck did I spend so much time on God knows what in school? Mm -hmm. And meanwhile, they could have been teaching me the thing they put so much stress onto when you get out in the real world. Mm -hmm. I, I felt so deceived. Yeah. And there, there's so many other layers upon layers of issues I had that I'm, I always thought, well, why, why wasn't this like a main point mm -hmm. in education? Just yeah. running a household, household finances. Where was that? I could have used that more than the Pythagorean theorem. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And and it really, it's kind of like an emperor has no clothes type situation where it's like, you know, once you get to be an adult and you see the real world, it's like, whoa, dude, like you didn't tell me any of this. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then once you do start to educate yourself and you start to like watch shows like Grand Theft World and stuff, and it's like you start to realize like the true nature of what it is we're up against and this intergenerational uh, plan that's been waged against us is like, whoa. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. No wonder they didn't teach me this stuff. They don't want me to think they don't want me yeah. to elevate. They don't want me to be able to break through and actually create, uh, you know, wealth or anything for myself. Like they just, they want you at a certain level, but no higher, absolutely no higher. And I also yeah. have to build my attention span too, mm. because the way school is formatted is you get an hour to two hours of one subject. All of a sudden it's recess. And then you jump to the next thing. You never get enough time to really focus in on something that you're interested in. It's mm -hmm. all broken up into pieces. The bell rings, Pavlov, yeah. Pavlov's dog. Thank you. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and and you move on to the next thing. You never get to really go in depth. And even if there's something like you're really passionate about, well, you only have so much time. Everyone always asks you, "Oh, what's your favorite subject in school?" I'm like, I would love to spend more time on that one subject that I really enjoy than just losing my mind learning about something that's really not piquing my interest by fueling my my curiosity my cur creativity there's so many different ways you can learn and when you let a kid just go at their own pace a lot of the time they're going to be way way further ahead than mm -hmm. if you keep cutting cutting these days off into sections yeah absolutely absolutely so you know it's just so interesting to see other creatives and like how their journey has been after COVID. Right. And just like the, do you feel like you've just leveled up like exponentially since the lockdowns began? For sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, my, my whole like goals in life have completely shifted mm -hmm. my perspective on what I'm doing with my time. Like I never thought that at the age of, 26 going on 27 that i'd have two self-published poetry books mm -hmm. i always liked poetry but that was never in, in even in my scope of things that i was gonna do mm -hmm. yeah it's amazing and huh? just just like the comfort i feel in in myself as well like the the level of confidence i have developed over the last couple years it, nobody nobody can teach you that you can't go to school to learn confidence it really comes from self-knowledge mm. and figuring out what's going on inside and really improve the the more you improve on yourself the more you have trust in yourself and the more trust you have in yourself the more confidence you have yeah absolutely and and, and so it's a, something that i actually learned in autonomy like well I was, I was trying to figure out for the longest time like for before i took autonomy like what uh this thing was like there's almost like two groups of people i mean there's lots of groups of people but really in this sense, like I saw two groups of people. They're those that like kind of like 
caved under the, the the heavy weight of all of the propaganda and everything people mm -hmm. that just like fell victim to it almost you know i feel like they're victims really at the end of the day yeah. but at the same time you know there's those who just kind of caved in and there are those who just thrived through it like just pushed right through it and just reached new levels in their own lives and i'm like gosh what is that i can't understand like how these two completely opposite things could be happening at the same time and in autonomy richard talks a lot about the idea of anti fragile the idea of being anti-fragile mm -hmm. where it's not like you're just like uh okay with dealing with adversity like it's like you know i've always thought of myself you know i can deal with adversity pretty well like things happen it's okay we just handle it but it's 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 a step further and it's like when adversity happens you say good and you like rush right into it mm -hmm. and you just say i'm like yes bring it on and like actually thriving and kind of judo moving it into a position where it's like you use it to your own benefit and you grow stronger more resilient and you get more uh just just become a stronger person from it so it's like now i and, and then it's kind of like a compounding recursive thing where it's like once you have that experience then when adversity comes it's just like you know how to handle it. like okay good and you just lean all the way into it and i feel like that's what what happened to a lot of people in COVID. it's like maybe early on you know we all had like a, a moment where it was like oh geez and then I felt very early on, I, I took a stand, you know, and then I started, even though there were, it was tough, but like, I, I felt the re, the inner reward of like, okay, standing to my principles and values, like that's a rewarding, awesome feeling. And yeah. so it just, it kind of like compiles and compounds. And then it just gives you the motivation to continue to go head first into adversity. Does that yeah. kind of resonate with you? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And to add on to that as well, it's just, I've been finding a lot of peace in much simpler things mm. in my life rather than chasing big highs and falling in, in big lows. Like instead of riding the, the wave up and down of emotion and experience, I'm, I'm a lot more stable once again, grounded in values mm -hmm. and it, it brings a lot of peace to my life. I can, I can make decisions with more ease. I can appreciate the day I have, even if I'm not getting the big contracts, the big acting contracts that used to stress me out so much. It's just, you take it as it comes. And it's so, it's so rewarding because you realize that all these, well, a lot of these material things, right. That were kind of trained to want and imagine that that's what's going to bring value to our lives become really valueless yeah yeah exactly there's so much stress associated with chasing those things mm. that once that's wiped away like man there's so much more room for everything else all the things that actually make you feel like you're you're doing something meaningful with your life yeah absolutely and then just the gratitude piece just you know having gratitude oh, yeah. for for what we do have, you know, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Well, shoot, Kayla. Uh, thank you so much for joining me tonight. Like this has been really an honor to get to know your work, uh, having this chat. Uh, I just want to let everybody, uh, just, you know, want to encourage everybody call to action. You guys, please go to Kayla Henry online.com. If you go forward slash poetry, it takes you right to the poetry page. You'll see at the top here, it says click there to read some of my poems. So you can read some of her poems. You can get, uh, the, pre-order effing the system uh you know this is one of those things where it's like you know we love to support people in our community that are doing amazing things so um you know i hope you guys choose to support kayla and her work um you can check out her uh, other readings um of her poetry there on her youtube channel if you click the link at the bottom there um and so kayla is there anything else you want to shout out or yeah, I haven't posted a lot them? of uh, poetry videos recently, but I'm working on a new one. So hopefully I'll be able to get that out in the coming weeks. So uh, check that out on my YouTube when that comes out. Uh, yeah, that's re really pretty much it. You hit the nail on the head, call to action. Check out my website, uh, interact with my poetry, check there out the go. book if it interests you and share it, share it with your friends. It's not too out there that it only applies to your conspiracy group, you know? Yeah, there you go. There you go. And you got some of your music on there too. So you just go to the main page. Yeah. You can get links to the music as well. Um, 
Yeah, I've got a top secret music project going on right now, but I'm not going to tell anybody. But shh. Oh, I just kind of spilled the beans a little bit, but that's all right. Yeah, yeah, it's very exciting. So anyway, all right. Well, Kayla, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Um, keep me posted in the future. If there's anything else you want to shout out, you know, open invitation. You can always come back on and just to keep sure. doing it like this is uh, you're doing amazing work. And uh, yeah, just keep it up. Thanks, Scott. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, guys. So until next time, I'll see you. Remember, no fear, just crushing all through 2023. Catch you next time. Peace.